Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Monday, not Sunday, Monday, May 1st, so surprise, we changed up the day. <laughs> Today, we've got a book series that we read, we were looking for something to read before Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out this upcoming weekend. And I threw out Annihilation Conquest, and that's what we read. So I'm going to change it up just a little bit. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> we will do well meters at the end of this. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling people will be able to figure out what our well meter yeah. is by the end of this. Same. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's dive right into this. Issue one called No Way Out. This was written by... Dan Abnett. And then another guy. Andy Landing. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people doing artwork. Nobody I recognized or whatever. So I didn't make any note of that. So yeah. On to my synopsis of this issue. We have got a phalanx race has captured the Kree race and are either infecting them or disposing of them. Adam Warlock is awoken from his slumbler Slumbler. 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 <laughs> is slumber, and the fight is on. Team Ronin is introduced. We meet an old acquaintance and the villain of the story. So, yeah, that's really it. Nothing, you know, too out of the ordinary. Yeah. Just yeah. your standard Marvel. Somebody's trying to take over the galaxy. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this comes hot off the heels of the Annihilation story, the proper one with Annihilus and the Annihilation wave. The galaxy is kind of in disarray due to that little little prologue, if you will. And yeah, I, I gotta be honest with you, this first issue was bored. Like my note says, this first issue is so boring as hell <laughs> until the last page reveal. Yeah, so I picked, I, I was going for this one. Because of the main fact that, like, anytime you look up, you know, good Guardians stories, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Like, this was one that was consistently on all the lists. There were a couple of others as well, but this was a newer one, and it was consistently on the list. And, like, the covers for these books were really nice, really yeah. awesome covers. And, you know, it showed pretty much the Guardians we have now or, like, what we could have later on in the MCU. So that was, like, a driving force behind why I was wanting to read this one and why I pushed this one. And uh, yeah, there's not a single fucking guardian in this first <laughs> issue at all. <laughs> I, I, I thought the same thing. Like, there was just, <laughs> yeah. to be a Guardians themed, like quote unquote themed comic book that we were supposed to be reading series, it was like 5% so, Guardians in this. <laughs> so what led us down astray is like, and we'll get into this, but the tie-in book deals with the guard, like the Star Lord tie-in book, deals with him assembling the Guardians as we know it. Plus, like there were Guardians books before that, but the one that we know from the movies with Star Lord, Rocket, Groot, Mantis, all that stuff, they're not formed until at the end of this book. <laughs> like literally, there's a message at the end of the story talking about how, like, go check out our new story, Guardians of the Galaxy, where Star Lord forms up the Guardians. And all this stuff. So, yeah, the, the like, the, the, I don't know, whatever, the listicles that tell us, like, these are the Guardian stories to read. This one was a damn lie. I don't know if it was written by Kevin Feige, <laughs> but it was a damn lie. <laughs> and I hate that because, like, Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest, which fans refer to as, like, the, like, Annihilation Saga or the Annihilation Wars is one of Marvel's like most popular cosmic story that Marvel has done. Like, honestly, I think to date, like I could be wrong, maybe about more modern stuff, but for the longest time, that's what people constantly refer to with Marvel's cosmology of like, you want a really good story? Read Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest. And I read, Nihil I haven't read Annihilation, but I know the gist of it. And Annihilation Conquest we read, and I'm not impressed at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spoiler alert on his whelming. Yeah, that's what, they're going to figure it out by the end of this. 
we'll just treat it like the Ninja Turtles and we'll just one at a time we'll go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that was going to be the other thing I was going to ask. Like, well, one thing I was going to ask is if on the Annihilation, I guess it's the same writer and artist. Uh, that's a good question. I have no earthly idea. I probably, mm. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. Well, if it if it is, like, I, I don't, I'm in kind of with you. I'm not in any hurry to go find Annihilation necessarily. But. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we do read that, I highly suggest we read the omnibus that has like all the fucking tie-ins, but it's gonna be a long read. Oh shit. <laughs> oh my god. I might want to read Avengers Forever again. <laughs> <laughs> Probably take just as long. Right? <laughs> so this whole awakening Adam Warlock, like I like that they had Philovel in here because there is a, a possibility of her coming to the MCU. She's also taken on the name of Quasar. We've seen that in the story and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool seeing that character. Moon Dragon. Who is she? Huh? What? I've read her in this, but like there's, I don't know, like her backstory. Like is she like a, like a Marvel kind of person or like a a Marvel? That's DC. Wow. That was wrong. No, 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 no. That's, 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 that's Marvel. Captain Marvel is, that's Marvel. Okay. Captain Marvel. Okay, so that's why I have to always go Captain Mar Dash Vel. Yes. So Captain Mar Dash Vel is Marvel, and Captain Marvel is Shazam. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Or Brie Larson. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> or Monica Rambeau. But is there any kind of relation? Boo. Is there any kind of relation to um, like between the Vels there? This one and yes. Okay. So. Captain Marvel, I can't remember the wife's name, but anyway, a a a woman gets the DNA of Captain Mar-Marvel and creates Genisvel, who we saw at Avengers Forever. Then Genisvel kind of kind of becomes a villain and she creates Philavel to take the place of Genisvel. And this okay. is all like the, their Cree names. So there's always a dash. So you have to kind of like put a, like a slight pause between it. So it's like Phyla Vel, Mar yeah. Vel, Genis Vel. And I'm just doing this for our listeners who may not know and stuff like that. She was Captain Marvel for like a hot second, but she became Quasar in Annihilation. She got the Quasar bands, uh, the, the quantum bands, not the Quasar yeah. bands, the quantum bands and became Quasar and that's her whole ish is like dealing with this in in the story in her own tie-ins with this story that we don't really get any contacts with <laughs> yeah so anyway well, that was the reason why I asked uh why I asked about about her so yeah gotcha okay no I thought you were like who is she in the comic book I was like no. you fucking kidding me right now like yeah. <laughs> we just read this all so Philovel and like the possibility of her coming into the MCU and then if she came along, more than likely we'd see Moondragon as well. I always get Moondragon and Moonstone like mixed up. Moonstone is Drax's daughter in the comic books. No, no Moondragon is Drax's daughter. Is it Moondragon? Yeah, I, I, I'm is- I'm 110% because I, See, I literally have a wiki opened up on her. <laughs> I was gonna say I just did a I just did a, a Google search and it was showing something else different. Heather Douglas, aka Moon Dragon, is the daughter of Arthur Douglas, aka Drax the Destroyer. Oh, okay. Well then who the hell is Moonstone then? Uh, isn't she a villain of Captain Marvel? Like Brie Larson or God damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> of, of Carol Danvers. I think she is. Maybe so. I think she appeared in like an Iron Man book or something. Or maybe it was Moon Dragon that came. Anyways, I get those two confused all the time. So Moon Dragon being Drax's daughter, we also have that possibility there. Yeah. Of like a Quasar, Drax's daughter, things like that. They're a couple. I was completely off put with this whole fucking Adam Warlock thing of him waking up, oh not God, knowing yeah. who the fuck he was. That was annoying as shit. I, I <laughs> to be honest with you, I hate like this is going to be a hot take for a lot of comic book fans. I hate Adam Warlock. I hate him. <laughs> He's space Jesus. Everything that you say about <laughs> Superman, I say about Adam Warlock because it's fucking true. Like I hate and he's so uninteresting. He was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby way back in the day. 
then, uh, what is it, Jim Sterling, the guy that created Thanos, like, fucking just went to the, like, because, uh, don't get me wrong, I like Jim Sterling, but he's very masturbatory with the way he writes fucking Adam Warlock and Thanos, because it's like, it's always like, they can do no wrong, they're the most powerful beings in the universe, they can literally <laughs> beat, no one can beat them, it's like an immovable object meets an in- unstoppable force. And it's so fucking annoying. It's so uninteresting, too. Like, I hate Adam Warlock. I, like, and this book, to me, I'm like, will you just fucking do something? Like, I get it that they wanted to, like, nerf his powers at the beginning because otherwise he could just, in a wave of his hand, be like, all right, and the story's over with, guys. And th- that's why he has the cocoon. I'm sorry, I'm just ranting about Adam Warlock, but I need no, you're to. Good. Go ahead. <laughs> That's why he's in the cocoon 90% of the time is because writers are like, well, what do we do? Because Adam Warlock can literally solve all of our problems. I don't know. Stick him in the cocoon again. And then he'll (laughs) awaken when he's needed. He's a literal walking deus ex machina. (laughs) Like, it's so annoying. Well, he fucked the Philovel team up and transported them to where all the villains were. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So, got our first taste of them there. Team Ronin, I'm I'm fucking, I, I already don't like them either. Oh, really? Why? Their story means precisely dick. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> really does. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, no point to it. We're skipping ahead, but when they reveal their, like, master plan to win all this, like, it has elements to be, like, it had one of the better, like, oh, this could be super interesting. Like, Ronan destroys his home planet to, you know, make this sacrifice. Like, that's an interesting take. And then they're like, you know, we've made these Sentinels all like phalanx proof. But then later on, it's just, nope, they're not because reasons, because the villain, (laughs) I'm not spoiling the villain yet until you you decide to drop that. They don't give a reason why. It's so dumb. Like there was no payoff to it. So like, I will agree with you. But at the the beginning when they're, while you're reading along the story, it's like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Because like he goes to uh, Ravenous, who's like a, like a second in charge, second in Charles. Wow good store a second in charge for a nihilist during the annihilation you know story and he's over the annihilist what's left of the annihilist wave and so it's like you know this enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing yeah it's an interesting thing but nothing happens with it no no i mean it means shit yeah i mean all they were there for is just to bring one person yeah. Like all they needed is just the one being to, to be transported there, and that's how they ended the whole war. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> well, we do wind up seeing the high evolutionary, which is another reason why yeah. I sat there and chose this book. Cause I was like, okay, this gives us an introduction of the Guardians, the High Evolutionary, Adam Warlock. There's a lot of things clicking here. Mm-hmm. So got to see him, which throughout the story, I actually liked the way he was presented and I liked the way that he was wrote. Yeah. Honestly, because it seems very true to the character. And I hope we actually see that on the screen. And I think with the actor that's portraying him, we could get that. Yeah. I think he's going to be a little bit more, from what I've heard, he's going to be a little bit more uh, unlikable. But yeah, this yeah. this version that we see is very much, he's all about literally what his name says, evolving things, making things better than what they were. Right. And then, of course, at the end, true Marvel fashion, we find out who the villain of the story is. And of course, it's fucking Ultron. Of course it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> of course. Why would it be anybody else? I, so I love this, this core concept. So a little bit, the phalanx, they're the Borg. For those that don't know, like who don't even know who the Borg are, Me. they're a tech. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so the Borg are part of Star Trek where they are a race of like technological, like techno organic beings that will assimilate organic beings into their collective consciousness. That's what they do. They go from planet to planet, assimilating the different races of that planet. And this is what the phalanx are. It's a cool concept that after some events, some machinations of the Avengers, they launched Ultron into space. Like, just, we're done with him, fuck him, it's someone else's problem. (laughs) And unfortunately for Adam Warlock and Phi Lavelle, they have to pick up the tab for that because Ultron is like, oh, I found this to him a more primitive version 
of like technology, like an AI or whatever you want to call it. And he's just like, he just takes over. He's like, I'm your leader now. Uh, it's a cool idea. I just think it's poorly executed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right. All right. On to issue two, titled Together Alone. We see Blastars tortured. Team Phyla meet with the High Evolutionary. Team Ronin fight for an opportunity to meet Ravenous. Team Guardians set up a plan. And Team Phyla also is visited by an unwelcomed guest. So start off this thing with, with Blastar, who I didn't give a shit about anyways. I'm like, I, honestly, he reminded me of Taserface. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Like reading him in issue one and then like seeing all this, I was like, this, I wonder if he was supposed to be Taserface. So yeah. And one thing I will say like about the art, me, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Because it just seems like there's. It's messy. Yeah, it's just one big blob yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Like there's no clear definition. And like I had to like I would have to go back up and or and try and scroll like like looking through and you know, looking at trying to go back to these draw these different pictures to see if I can figure out who the heck each person was, but it just just would look like a blob yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I think with the deal with because I noticed the I didn't like the artwork either. It's not horrendous, it's no. just not my taste. And what I think the problem is, is the characters themselves are, they're trying to be detailed, but such have such heavy shading. Yeah. That, like it gives it that blob effect, especially yeah. with a extremely bright background. Like most of the backgrounds throughout this book seems brighter than the actual characters in the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I'm, I'm so much in agreement with y'all. Like I just remember by the second issue, there's a, there's a, I took a screenshot. It's when Peter is talking with the guardians about his plan and he's making the stupidest looking face I have ever <laughs> seen. It, and I just, my note was, I hate this art. It's so bad. I will say this. Ultron, yeah. this is the coolest Ultron will ever look. So much so that, yeah. I don't know if y'all remember, but they essentially stole this look mm-hmm. for the What If episode. Okay. Like, he doesn't have a vision, like, inside of him. Like, he's not wearing the Ultron, like, outfit as, like, armor. But, like, the red cape, the multiple eyes, yeah. like, it's the same exact look from the What If episode with Vision. Yeah, it, it is the coolest look that Ultron will ever have, to say that, at least, for the art. But I hate the way the phalanx look. I hate all of, like, facial expressions. Later on in an episode, Mantis, something happens, and Mantis is doing something weird in the scene. I'm like, what? Who who chose this? <laughs> <laughs> Even Rocket looks like a, like a fluffy cat or something. <laughs> I think the biggest revelation of this was that the character Wrath has like a big hold on the the phalanx. And like, I didn't quite understand it, but I, what I thought was cool is before reading this, I actually like looked up Wrath and I don't, I'm assuming at this point in time, he has the soul of the Supreme Intelligence within him because like, I know Wrath is kind of a new character at this point in time and like his first, whatever was in the Annihilation Conquest. But I think it was in part of the spinoff. Yeah. First off, it's Wraith. Wraith, okay. And he, the only thing I, that was noteworthy to me when looking at him, because I'll be honest with you, I'm a street level Marvel guy. I don't know <laughs> dick all about cosmic stuff. <laughs> so half of this stuff I looked up. But uh, the the most noteworthy thing to me is he has this like, black organism all over him and they're known as Exelons which later on is retconned that Null, the king of symbiotes created the Exelons and they're like failed symbiotes essentially. Oh. And poor buddies. That's why it's like an uber powerful thing. All right then. Yeah, I really have nothing else for this issue (laughs) other than I was excited to see the Guardians when they came around. I was tired of that bug guy. Because reading him at first, I was like, oh, that's a cool little tick or whatever. And then by like however long, I was like, oh, I'm tired of that tick. (laughs) (laughs) I like Bug. I thought Bug was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he he was all right to me, too. Like, he didn't really bother me. Like, the little tick thing, like, I didn't understand. I don't know why we had the tick, but. He's a bug. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of (laughs) weird. 
Yeah, so my note for the the when the Guardians finally do show up is like, yay, the Guardians are finally here. Right? <laughs> and they're gone. Because I was really wondering when <laughs> when when that was happening. We get, like you said, Bug, obviously Rocket, Mantis, Groot, and Gabriel Vargas, aka Captain Universe, who comes and goes really quickly. We'll get into that in the next issue. <laughs> I did not realize that's who that was. Yeah. I, mean, I, I saw the Gabe or whatever. I didn't know, like, I was just like, who's this weirdo guy? And why is he with them? And then I was like, <laughs> I don't understand why Mantis has such powerful abilities. Like, she does not show this in the movies at all. Yeah. When looking up Mantis, like, a couple days ago, she has everything. Like, everything has a power. She's a telekinesis. <laughs> she's a pyrokinesis. She's a... I don't, she controls plants. I don't know. It's something kinesis. But she can do everything. <laughs> All the nieces. Botanical. Yeah, it's something like that. It's like biokinesis or something. I don't know. Anyway, she's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen South Park, but she is, she's like Bullrog. She has many powers. <laughs> God. Well, I guess the biggest thing here at the very end, we got Philovel, not Philovel, Moondragon gets it in the gut and we assume that she dies. Ultron has this giant bloody hand and it pisses off Warlock. Mm-hmm. Adam War- I'm going to say Adam Warlock because yeah. there's reasons why as we go yeah, ahead. Yeah, exactly. That's another <laughs> thing that really annoys me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Some of my things I wanted to rant about when I had in, in issue one, though, is like, does anyone else feel like this book, because it came out around 2007, and these were really popular things going on in 2007. Does this not feel like it was influenced by the Matrix or also like Dragon Ball Z? Because it feels very much like Dragon Ball Z to me. I I didn't necessarily get those vibes. Like how the uh, anyway, I'll I'll get into more of that because I don't want to spoil. It's mostly during the ending, but like you see these little like tentacled squid things floating around the planet that look exactly like the Sentinels from Matrix. There's a big giant like tower with like, I don't know, like little balls of glowy stuff on them that look like the towers that like the people are in. I don't know, the art style and even the color palette feels very much like the Matrix, like back I in the day. The color palette. Yeah. I, I, so I know of the Matrix, but I didn't get that vibe. I never watched Dragon Ball Z, so I can't, I can't. Oh. What? <laughs> that one's like my favorite. <laughs> Sorry to have disappointed you. This- <laughs> This one time, Jeremy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. It's like the one thing I have now. <laughs> All right, on to issue three. This one is called Together Alone. Again, I, yeah. I don't... Yet another thing that really... Like, is it a part one and part two? Like, why? Fuck if I know. Like, <sighs> Anyway. I, I thought I'd wrote it down wrong. And I was like, okay, I got to re-look at this. And I was like, nope, nope, I was right. I did yeah. it right the first time. Look at me. Good <laughs> stuff. Uh, Team Phyla tried to fight their way out. Team Ronin meet with Ravenous. Team Guardians plant bombs until lives are lost. So there you go. Synopsis. I was, uh, the, this whole, like, I get it. I think what by this time, you're halfway through. When you finally read this issue, you're halfway through the story. And I have yet to really give a fuck about any of these characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the big deal about all this is that like, I was expecting Guardians of the Galaxy. I have not, I've gotten one, like two or three page set of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I don't give a fuck about Philovel, Moon Dragon, High Evolutionary, Adam Warlock, Ronan and his crew, Rabbit. Like, I don't care about any of these people. They have not made me care about any of them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I completely agree. And like the only reason, I mean, I already have that connection with the Guardians just because of the movies that have come out and all all that. So right. it's for me, it was just kind of wanting to see them anyway, just because I already have that there, that connection. But I, yeah, the other ones, I'm like, well, why is this important? What are, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a funny when Moondragon actually does die. There's this funny like, no. Like it reminds me of the Vader <laughs> moment from like the prequels. Yeah. I just wrote like, oh no. <laughs> like, I just don't care. Like <laughs> the other funny moment though is I love <laughs> I love High Evolutionary says, Oh, you little idiot. 
<laughs> I just think that's <laughs> really funny referring to uh, Philavel Quasar. I really enjoy the way he was written this. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed him. Uh, when the Guardians are present, I really enjoy how they're wrote because yeah. they do sound like Peter and Rocket and Groot doesn't only because he says words that I didn't even know he could fucking say. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What is yeah. this? My, my note for that was Groot talks? Question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize he, he could say anything other than I am Groot with a Vin Diesel voice. Yeah. He literally says Groot demands to know what is happening. Right? And I was like, you are saying too many words, sir. <laughs> yeah. You're allowed the one out of that whole sentence. Yes, yeah, exactly. Groot. Your fucking name. I love, though, this is skipping that to that issue, but I love, like, I didn't realize Groot could get that big. And, like, he, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's massive <laughs> in that issue. Anyway, uh, back to this issue. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. He gets all swole. But yeah, that's, I mean, I was not expecting Gabe to get it. Yeah. It didn't bother me that he did, but I was, I wasn't expecting it. So yeah, I just, well, there goes Captain Universe. <laughs> he, he was introduced and he was gone in a minute. And it's pretty fucking graphic too. Like, yeah, I mean, he is. is gone. <laughs> yeah. This book also got really dark. Like the torture with Blastar. My note right? for that was like, well, this book got dark real quick. <laughs> but Yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's in, um, I think it's in issue two as well, but there's like a little, you know, synopsis at the beginning of the comic to like let you know what happened and then like the key players of the book. I don't know when they started this, but I love that they started doing this instead of like the Avengers Forever kind of like narrative like story that we got. And we had to read like 13 pages before we could get actually get to the next <laughs> part of the story. Yeah, I like that. But like, once again, they put in something that I was just very much like, so they are the Borg. It says, there's no way in or out. The only options are assimilation or resistance. And if anyone who's a Trekkie knows, and resistance is futile. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it just felt very much like, you guys are ripping off the Borg right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had to do something here because it, it anyways. I don't understand the the I don't understand the the need in Peter Quill's mask. Like it, it's obviously not for oxygen. Like to me, that's always like a thing of like, oh, he wears the mask because he he needs to be able to breathe when he's on a planet or whatever else the case is. But like that's obviously not the case because like he gets that shit knocked out like in this battle and he's just he's fine apparently. Like yeah, it's mostly just to it looking cool and that I think it's just like to protect his beautiful face. I wear my mask to protect my beautiful face. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be the outro. <laughs> this episode. Uh, anyway, yeah, I agree. Like, I think in the in the movies, isn't it like a way so he can breathe in space? I, I mean, I thought so, but I'm sure if I went back, I'd be like, well, he's breathing fine there. He's breathing fine there. Because I think I remember him, he gives it to Gamora. Yeah. And well, I don't know. And then he like freezes in space or whatever, and then they get rescued. Yes. In, in the first movie. Yeah. Anyways, on to issue number four, titled Hopeless Ultron Tortures Peter. Yeah. Guardians try to help Peter. Philavel mourns the loss of Moondragon. Ronan finds his army. The high evolutionary shows his true colors, which are purple and silver. <laughs> kind of disappointed we don't get that. Like, I want a helmet or something in the movie. I think we'll see it. I hope so. I'm looking forward to that. They usually do that. Like, the villain won't look exactly like his comic book counterpart until, like, a moment. Like, at the end or something like that. I, I have a feeling they'll do that. And there'll be this, like, superhero shot where they're like, dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Like, it's like a battle armor or something that he wears, and he looks, he's all purple and silver. I got a feeling that'll happen. I could be wrong. I wonder how much he's actually going to fight. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. He just didn't seem like the fighting type. No, he's usually not. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's in this one, but I love the... Uh, he's a researcher. It may have been the last one when when Ultron and the Phalanx show up. And he, he's just like, New Kree, save me! Save me from the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. And they're like, they're just dying. They're not even fighting. They're just dying. <laughs> well, at one point, he's like, well, this is my opportunity to leave. 
I wish yeah. you farewell. <laughs> yeah. But this is not my fight. Fuck you all. Deuces. <laughs> Good, you guys. I'm going home. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, but even like when he first, they first introduced him though in this, it makes it sound like he's some big, powerful, bought all the, like all the Avengers and all this kind of stuff. But then like, like you said, it, it's just like, ooh, save me, save me, save me. Don't touch me. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. It's, he's a very weird character. He's like Howie Mandel. He's just a germaphobe is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, don't touch me. Don't, don't, don't touch. That's great. Well, Peter's getting touched pretty rough right now. I'm just letting <laughs> I don't know. This is graphic. Yeah. Like horrendously graphic. Uh, it looks like he's got a crucifix. I did not. And then it goes back to Mantis's powers of like, she's able to block Ultron, and I was like, okay, Mantis, you're way OP for this. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I did not know all these things you could do. She is, I mean, she is the quote unquote celestial Madonna, if you will. So she is supposed to be like quote unquote OP. That's one of the reasons why I was never like drawn into Marvel's like cosmology because everybody's OP. <laughs> like everybody is like God level abilities. Yeah. She's got, sorry, I had it pulled up. She's got telepathy. She's an empath. She has astral projection, botanopathy, pyrokinesis, precognition, superhuman durability, and regeneration, cloaking. And I think that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like enough. And then Ronan finds his army, and I'm like, these just look like sentinels in space. Yeah, Yeah. they are. Yeah. (laughs) They're literally Cree Sentinels that they like, you know, hey, can I copy your homework? Yes, you can copy it, but just change a couple of things. Like it's literally just the the X-Men <laughs> Sentinels, but made by Cree. And, and they're even called sentries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're not even they're just sentries. What else? What else? Yeah, that's all I got really. Other than I guess at the end, you know, we sit there and we see the high evolutionary turn us back on Adam Warlock. So, and I mean, come on. You kind of have to see that coming. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Issue four or issue five? Sure. Yeah, sounds good to me. On to issue five then. This one is called In the Flesh, as I pull it up. The High Evolutionary gives us backstory on how Ultron took over the Phalanx. Ronan releases his army. Team Guardians try to escape with Quill. Ultron gets a new body. I don't understand why. Okay, so we're going to skip to the end of this one. I don't understand why he would want, like, why he's so hard on, like, this whole fuck organic beings are the worst, la, 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 la. But then he wants Adam Warlock. He ex- uh, and I get, like, Adam Warlock is the perfect human or whatever, like, made yeah. to be the perfect being. Yeah, he is. He's the perfect human being. But that's not, he explains it. He says when he, like, infected Tony, Iron Man's armor, he saw that, like, Organics do have their purpose that uh, a melding of the two organics and technology would create like the best sort of being. He he talked about it in that issue and that's his whole reason. The truth is, honestly, it's so that Adam Warlock could get a new cool rad like costume at the end of all this (laughs) because he does like he goes in with just a black costume with a red lightning bolt and then he gets like this new one that kind of invokes the Ultron look if you will, like the bolts kind of look like his eyes and like ma- hit that weird Ultron mouth. Yeah. I was going to say, kind of looks like Shazam. <laughs> really? I don't see that. Oh, were you talking about the original one? The the black suit with the big, the big lightning bolt on the chest. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. The, the one before he go or before he comes out of the pod. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That, that pod panel, by the way, of like when they're transferring Ultron over is probably the worst drawn. Like the shading is so, just like there's so so much shading and i'm like buddy yeah. buddy it it doesn't need to be that dark yeah no nah, i'm <laughs> saying like it just just makes it so blah yeah yeah it's just like i am just echoing what i said before though it's messy like it doesn't yeah sometimes when reading this i was i don't know maybe it's just i'm getting old or something but i was like what is happening in this panel like uh the it's a previous issue, but it's when Moondragon gets killed, like punched. Like, I was just like, what, what's happening in this? I can't even tell what's what here. Yeah. 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 And I'll agree that there's, there's just a lot of nonsense going on in this. Well, and the sad thing about this panel here is that it reminds me of like Kevin Eastman drawing, like his work. 
Mm. And so I'm like, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, like in the the other one, like the ones that I noticed too that I just I hated, absolutely hated was like the ones that the artist did like this almost like a zoomed out picture of like a bigger area with like there were a couple, I think it was on the on the last issue, maybe, but it just it just looked like such a mess. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I can never like eat or draw that. Like I'm not an artist, so I I couldn't draw that well, even though it's it's terrible. But <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, that's basically all I was saying. Like I just, <laughs> it's this. I don't know. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the Guardians again. That was probably my highlight of all this was like the Guardian part. When you see Rocky, mm-hmm. you see Mantis. Like I, I, I don't know if it just I have their stakes there or what the deal was, but like I found the Team Guardian story so much more compelling and so much more interesting that like I was like, was Peter Quill gonna actually make it out of this alive? Is because I mean they off Gabe, they've off Blastar. Like they could do it. I mean it's possible here in this story, and then like them fighting to get. To Rocket and Groot and Mantis and like all that jazz. I was like, oh, this is actually, I like this part. So, and I like the way they wrote them again. I like the way they wrote them. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm totally disappointed in this whole Ronan sits there, gets his army and then goes to send them out so that he can, you know, destroy his planet. I mean, shit, <laughs> precisely shit. Yep. Groot sacrificed himself. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I felt bad for the guy. I wanted him to say, like, I am bomb or something like that. <laughs> I think yeah. that would have been really funny. Was it this issue? Uh, maybe it's the next issue where Rocket's talking about, like, he's got a twig of Groot. Yes, it was this one. Or, like, basically they had to come up with a plan B. And it's a, like a doozy of a plan B. But he, he yeah, he, he. I think it was this one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, he said he kept a twig. Yeah, he did. So, do y'all think they got the idea of that, like from the first Guardians movie, from this book? The whole like, because we see at the end of the next issue, I'm jumping ahead of like Groot or Rocket planting the twig and like watering it and stuff like that. So, do y'all think that they got the issue, the the idea of, of that from this this comic here? Definitely possible. Yeah, no, I I that was one of my thoughts as well. Is I think James Gunn read this issue and got the idea for not only the twig, but also Groot sacrificing himself in that first movie. Ah, okay. Okay. Poor James Gunn. <laughs> the work he did for us. The work we're doing now. <laughs> that man deserves something. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got for this one. Y'all got anything else for this issue? I, I just have a couple of things. The issue, the cover art for this issue is the coolest one of the entire collection. It's with Ultron. I think it just looks rad as hell. and. As much as I hate the the art, like I think that is one of the coolest images of Ultron ever. But that's just me. So the the covers I think are done by somebody else. Right. They are. But I'm just saying, like, for those that I, I didn't mention that it was a different artist. Oh, I got you. So as much as I, I shit on this art, because I'm about to shit on it even more, is when they <laughs> when they blow up the Babel Tower and the Guardians jump off the, like, whatever, balcony. They're all doing, like, a pose. What the fuck is Mantis doing? Like, what is that? It looks like a Sailor Moon pose. Like, what What the fuck is that? They're, like, <laughs> falling to their death. Like, who would, who go, like, I don't know. If I'm the editor-in-chief, or not editor-in-chief, but if I'm just the editor of this book, I'm, I've been like, hey, uh, what, what's Mantis doing here? Like, is there a reason Mantis is doing this? Why don't we change this? She's calling upon her zords. <laughs> Those are Power Rangers. <laughs> like that's that's not Sailor Moon. She might as well be one. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing I just had a dumb joke: the Adam Warlock fusing with, or excuse me, Ultron taking Adam Warlock's body. I called him um, Adultron. So. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll go on to issue six, the last stand. We have a new team. That has arrived, the conclusion to this story, a new team arrives <laughs> out of nowhere. 
literally nowhere. Yeah. Uh, the new team takes on Ultron. Philavel returns Adam to his body. Ronan loses his army. Philavel realizes that she had the power within her all along. Yeah. And, and with the help of Wraith, saves the day. <sighs> <laughs> this, like, when I got to issue six and we see the the fucking Nova team show up. I was like, did I, did I skip an issue? What's going on here? What, 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 where the fuck have they been? Yeah. It's all in a tie-in. It's all in a tie-in. And they had the coolest team. Yeah. And honestly, fans, at least per Reddit, one of the coolest moments that Richard Ryder has ever done is in this tie-in book. (laughs) It's one of the coolest issues. What did he do? I don't know. Like, I didn't read all of it, <laughs> but I just, I didn't, I didn't have time, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. apparently it's, so I know the gist of it. So while Richard Ryder's just doing things, he meets up with Gamora. Gamora's infected with the phalanx. He, I think, gets infected or he meets Drax and Drax is also infected. Eventually he gets infected, essentially. And the Nova helmet leaves and goes to somebody else. Oh. Warlock shows up and uninfects not Adam Warlock, Warlock. Oh, Warlock. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, that, so yeah. we'll get into that too. Like, yeah, we yeah, got yeah. two characters with the name Warlock in this story. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, leave him out of it. I know the <laughs> phalanx, like, Warlock is a tech, technarch, is what his race is called. And they are the progenitors of the phalanx. In other words, like when a technarch like infects somebody and creates another technarch, if they don't fully do that, eh, like in other words, if it goes wrong, it creates a phalanx. Gotcha. That's how the phalanx became to be. Okay. Anyway, I get why they needed to have him included because he's like connected to the phalanx. But at the same time, yeah. just leave him out or leave Adam Warlock out. Like, I don't care. Just one or the other. <laughs> right. But yeah, anyway, he meets with them. He, he basically saves the day and then they all go after the the bubble shield and try to penetrate it. Nice. But yeah, this team of of Dick Ryder and <laughs> Drax and Gamora and Warlock, I was like, I like this team. This is pretty this is a weird-looking Gamora, but still a cool team right here. I'm I'm digging this. So, I wish I, I wish we'd gotten to see more of them. I'd much rather read their story than Ronan's. Yeah. You could have totally done Ronan's story in the backup and it really not mean shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, especially since we're finally here, they're all like, you know, just one of these centuries could take out like the annihilation wave and they've got like a sea of them and they're going to like destroy Hala. And then just for reasons, Ultron's like, oh, nope, I've infected your fucking robot friend. I can't remember her name right now. And I've taken over the uh, centuries. And now they're part of my phalanx team. And I'm going to use it to make a giant fucking Ultraman Ultron. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, I literally was like, we've gone full schlock now. (laughs) Schlock. <laughs> like, we've gone full schlock. We have a giant Ultron bot and Quasar's fighting hit. And, and you, you want to, you know, you talk about Sailor Moon and, and I was talking about Dragon Ball Z. This is what I mean by this, Jeremy, for Dragon Ball Z. She literally asks, like, she essentially makes the spirit bomb. And I don't mean, like, it, it's in the form of a sword. Oh, but she's like, yeah. use all the souls. Lend me your energy so that I may defeat Ultron. It's so funny. Fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so the the robot's name, y'all are wondering who she took, who Ultron wound up taking taking over, because Warlock essentially had won the fight against the Adam Warlock version of Ultron. Yes, <laughs> was Praxagora. You're right, that's and it. and she was part of Team Team Ronin and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And yeah, that that lasted a hot minute. It was just long enough to infect the 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 golden army of <laughs> sentinels. <laughs> the golden army. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of Hellboy and the Golden yeah. Army. I was like, yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was like, I don't know. By the time I got to this issue, spoiler alert for me, anyways, I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm ready to be done with this book. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for this to be over with. 
the, the my guardians. Oh, so one of the worst panels was when Adam Warlock jumps down and Mantis is telling Peter all the things that she's seen and, oh, and oh, yeah. how all these people are going to die. And he's like, well, you said three. There's only been two that's died. <laughs> she's like, I don't know my future or something to that effect. I feel Ultron is near. And then the next thing you know, she gets conked on the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's honestly what played through my head as well. I My note for that was just, it says, LOL, the part where Ultron teleports in and hits Mantis. Because <laughs> it's just like, donk. <laughs> out of nowhere. And I'm like, why, why would, I mean, I guess she's the most powerful one out of all of them, but like, her face. She's apparently not that powerful. <laughs> like, I was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that face is bad. I was like, oh, wow. There, There's wow. another... I think it's when Groot blows up, but, like, Rocket's, like, crying. The face for Rocket looks bad, too. I don't know if it's this issue or the previous one, but... Oh, yeah, it's this one. It's that right there. Yeah, it's just so... It's so yeah. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. Well... Cause see, like Mantis, she she even that's what I was thinking whenever you were saying that she actually says that this is the part where Ultron teleports in and hits me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she knew it was coming. I'm like, why why didn't you just move like five inches over? Duck. And he just <laughs> yeah, it's something to do with her. Cause so if y'all had played the Guardians game, <laughs> you meet Mantis. I'm on like chapter five or six right now. I've I've made progress. Okay. Well, you meet Mantis, and she's very much like this Mantis, where she's like, it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of something y'all have seen. You ever seen the third Men in Black movie? Yes. Yes. Remember the, was it like the Arcanaut or whatever, the guy that's always like, is this the universe where this happens and so-and-so and whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. That is exactly what Mantis is like, both in the game and like in this comic, is she's very, she can see like all possibilities in different outcomes. So she's not sure if it's going to happen. So she may think, oh, if I duck, then it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Or if I duck, like something different may happen or, or, or something worse, you know, they may not win. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. I, I, I was like when he got to colossal form and he was just as big as the entire planet or whatever, I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) I just, like I said, I made quips during this. When Moondragon shows up and like talks to Philavel, it was very much like I just said, use the force, Luke. Use the force. <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's literally what's happening. Yeah. And then also when Ultron takes over Paradoxical or whatever, whatever fucking name is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, that's great yeah and then one of the last pages as we see the actual creation of the Guardians like as we kind of know it with Drax and uh, Gamora yeah. and Rocket and Groot well eventually baby Groot yes <laughs> well I think he grows up real quick compared to his movie counterpart I can't remember when all of it happened or whatever I know that he actually has a like baby Groot book and it's, it's, I want to say it's relatively around this, but I don't think it's in direct sequel to this. I know mm. they made him Baby Groot for the sequel movie because that's when they started. Well, not when they started. They, they've always been doing it since the movies have been super popular, but they wanted it to kind of line up with the movie of having a, a Baby Groot. With what? Line it up with what, though? Guardians 2. Oh, having a Baby Groot. Okay. Like having a story with the Guardians where Groot's a baby Come I got out you. the same time around when the movie was out. Yeah, and this book, it's just called Groot. And I, it's like a solo. I've never read it, but that's what everybody refers to as like the first appearance of Baby Groot is in this this Groot solo title. So, All right. Well, Jeremy, long awaited. What's your whelming on this story? Um, I am... You really have to think I, that hard. <laughs> well, I was trying to go back and forth. Because I, I was going to kind of... I'm over... Overly underwhelmed. 
Oh, we got a new whelming. Overly <laughs> underwhelmed. Is that like blower? Blower. <laughs> Is that lower than blower? That's right. It's blower. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. I can't help it. I was trying to say below and lower at the same time. But anyway. Blower, Alan. I hardly know her. <sighs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. I'm uh, definitely underwhelmed. This was um just like I said, it was every like all over the place, but nothing really connected, and it just it jumped around too much, and you could hardly pay attention with the art, and I just yeah, only, like I said, only team I cared about was Guardians, and yeah, no, it's just it's just there. It's a comic. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, what's your what's your well-being on yeah, this story? It's fairly obvious. I'm underly whelmed as well, but <laughs> I guess I'll ask this after we get your whelming and yeah i just i'm underly whelmed this story is so disjointed the art's not great and yeah i don't really like it i mean i'm underwhelmed cut the ronin shit move it into a tie-in bring in the nova team let me read that while i'm reading the story and trim down the high evolutionary bullshit that's just it's just too much it fucking lingers on so but what do i know i don't work for marvel nor do i write (laughs) shit yeah. What were you going to ask, Richard? Well, just this is what I, I, I've, I don't know if I've talked about it like a lot with y'all, but I know I, I talk about it to my wife, my poor wife. <laughs> <laughs> I hate <laughs> comics where I have to read like all these tie-ins to get the full scope of the story. And f- this will forever be a good example of what I mean by that. And I was kind of curious what y'all thought, like, should a story, in other words, should a story be great if it's only the core six issues or do you think that, you know, we need to explore, like we don't have enough issues so we got to have tie-ins to explore all that kind of stuff because, and I'll, I'll let y'all answer just real quick, but I just want to read the, the, the actual like reading order for this. Annihilation Conquest Prologue number one, which is, I don't know, like, 34 pages or something like that. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff going on in that first issue. That one and only issue, I should say. Then Annihilation Conquest tie-in Quasar 1 through 4. Annihilation Conquest tie-in Star-Lord 1 through 4. Annihilation Conquest Wraith 1 through 4. And then Annihilation Conquest, I'm assuming it's a tie-in. It also just sort of took over the Nova book because there was a Nova run going on during that time. But it's a volume four, issue four through seven, and then just the Annihilation Conquest story proper, issues one through six, the ones that we read. You have to read all of that, essentially, before you read one through six to really get what's going on in this story. And I think it's bullshit, me personally. <laughs> I, I will have to agree, because it's like I said before, any newbie comic book person like me going into the comic book store. I, I mean, you can't, you can't just pick up a, a comic book and know where you are. Right. Like you, if you, if you go in and pick up in one of those tie-ins, like if it was, you, you wouldn't know it necessarily just from picking up that comic book. It's just, and you wouldn't know where it goes. So it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I, I like it being, all right, this is what you, what you have in your storyline and you stick to it. I think big storylines lead up to good jumping on points. I think they're like conclusions to giant overseeing arcs from years and years of comic book storytelling. So I feel like, you know, if you were to come into a comic book store and you were to see a giant story going on, you might want to wait till after that and see what comes in after that to to look at possibly jumping on. That's just my advice, I, I would assume, for like somebody who's just coming into comics. As far as like a, a giant story containing itself, yes. Like a story, Civil War, Annihilation Conquest, Infinity Gauntlet, like all of these like should be a complete story in and of themselves. And then the tie-ins should just add to it. Exactly. Like you should enjoy the story for what it is and be like, yeah. I want more of this. Yeah. And that's what the story should do. And like, so like if you are new and you just see like you walk into a comic book store, and you see a big title going on, but you don't want to wait to see what's going on afterwards. You should be able to pick up the start of whatever that story is, just the main title, 
and see if you like it. And then if you like it, say, oh, I want more of this. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what I'm looking for. I want more of it. And then the, then behind the counter, be like, oh, well, there are these tie-ins that do backstory to the other characters that you like in here. Who was your favorite character? Oh, it was Wraith? Okay, well, fine. Here's this Wraith book over here. Oh, you like Nova? Here's this Nova book over here. Like, they should sit there and lure you to go and pursue the characters that you like within that story. Yes. Yeah. That's my hot take on it. Not just have a Nova team show up out of nowhere and be like, <laughs> what the heck happened? And then you have to go back trying to figure out where they came from. Right. Right. Yeah. Or, or like Richard was saying, like, they were all infected at one point in time. Like, okay, well, how did they become uninfected? Like, where? Because Warlock is from the New Mutants. Yeah. So it's like, why is he in outer space? Why? Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't he be on Earth? Like, is, is he? Whoa. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but the X-Men do go out into space, like, all yes. the damn time. <laughs> yes. But the New Mutants is mainly a, like, Earth-based team. Is it not? Yes and no. Sometimes they're not. But anyway. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Because, like, I've always been annoyed. Like, newer comics now don't really do the tie-in thing, but they're like, and I get it, they're a company, they're trying to sell comics, but to me, this is such a dirty way of <laughs> of forcing you to buy even more comics to just yeah. get the full story, and it really pisses me off. <laughs> and this is an old, like, this came out in 2007, like, time has come and gone, but still, this is just a great, like, now I have something I can point my finger at and be like, see, this is where it really hurts. Especially, like, new readers. Because regardless if it's a, what, uh, I don't know. It's over a decade, I know that. Story, like, Jeremy, this is your first time reading it. This is honestly my first time reading it. I don't know about you, Michael, but, like, I think it hurts the story. At the end of the day, if you just read one through... Like the prologue, you're supposed to honestly read the prologue before you read issue one. And I think that's incredibly stupid. And I know it's called a prologue, but like one just throws you in and you're like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it really annoyed me and got underneath my skin. But anyway. And if it should have been part of another story, then they should have just like continued that story on. Maybe not necessarily change the title of it or whatever, just just continued it. I don't know. Uh, you, you, you're, were you saying this came out in 2007? Okay. So the best thing that I can think of that came out around the same time was Civil War. Yes. That's 2006, 2007. And that story, like you could pick up the Civil War trade, read it and, and get the gist of everything that's going on. Yeah. However, almost every fucking title that Marvel had at that point in time. <laughs> it was a tie-in. <laughs> Had its own tie-ins. Like, well, I think that was the, (laughs) honestly, I think that's the reason why this book's the way it is because Civil War sold like hotcakes. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it sold a shit ton. It brought a lot of readers back into it, myself included, and they threw in tons of tie-ins. I bought tons of tie-ins. Like, I remember I loved the uh, the Punisher tie-in the the Spider-Man tie-in. Anyway, we should do Civil War one day, but yes. regardless, like, there is a ton of tie-ins, and I think Marvel's like, ooh, like, in other words, somebody over at Marvel saw dollar signs oh, yeah. and was like, let's do this. And they've been doing it for a while. Now they've sort of backed off because they realized people stopped reading both the event book, like the main storyline and tie-ins because people started getting pissed off because they saw that you're just trying to milk me for more money. Yeah. They usually have these big summer, like Secret Wars. Secret Wars, you could, like the most recent one, the Hickman one. Yeah. You could read Secret Wars and it'd be fine. And then there was tie-ins on top of tie-ins on top of tie-ins, but it didn't matter necessarily to the story. You could just read more about that like branch in Battle World. Right. So just harping more on what you were just saying. <laughs> so Yeah. There you go, people. Take it or leave it. We've we've done the dirty work for you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. If y'all got anything else to say? I'm good. That's it. Jeremy, where can they find you at? They can find me on Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO. That's Night with a K. And you can find me here. Awesome. Richard, where can they find you at? 
Uh, if you want to contact me directly, I have a Twitter. My Twitter handle is Night Curry, night like day and night, and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, you can check us out under the name Comically Comics Podcast. Awesome. You can find me on Instagram and eBay at 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. With all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> Vega. 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 Uh, I'm looking over your form. And it says here you also want to fight with that mask you have. Yes, I need my mask. And why? Why do you need it? Because I must protect my beautiful face.